but it, it can't hear back. Um, let's get to the presentation. So, I'm trying to learn how to set expectations for when we give presentations, and I just want you to know the expectations today that we are helping you feed your children by going to real estate, okay? Marketing feeds appointments, appointments feed sales, and sales feed our children. That's why we're in real estate, right? It's to feed people. But in talking about today, here's why is your pipeline dry? It reminded me of a story from Canukins. I work at Canukins, and you're about to see a picture so you can judge how long ago it was I worked at Canukins. But I read this book called No Thanks, I'm Just Looking, which is a retail book. And if you can read this, it says sales techniques for turning shoppers into buyers. And we played a really fun game. Um, I think that was like 2004. I think that was like the Christmas present swamp party. Anyway, that was my little house on Lake Bottom. Um, I was a manager, so everyone that worked there, I had hired. And if y'all don't remember, Canukins used to be uh, where Petland and now the exercise places at the landings. And that was just close enough for your pagers from Outback to still work. <laughs> so every Thursday, Friday and Saturday night, because we were the only retailer up on that center, they didn't stop along the way because there's nothing to shop for. It'd take about three minutes to walk all the way down, and they would come in 10 or 15 minutes before we were closing, with literally every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. And so a lot of the staff said, oh, Reynolds, can we please lock the door? Outback, like, you could see them. You know, like five people, Outback's coming. <laughs> you know what? That's not how we would treat someone at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, or three or four o'clock. I said, these are customers. Our sign says 7 p.m. You know, we need to take care of them. So I decided we'd play a little game called the takeaway. And it was something I picked up from the book. And it's really easy. Uh, that book was all about getting people to talk to you. And if you could get people to talk to you, then you could learn if you could actually help them or you could learn if there was someone they knew that you could help. And so people would come in, and what do you think the first thing they would say when you ask, Welcome to Canukins, how may I help you? What do you think they would say? I'm just looking. Most of them would say, yeah, I'm just waiting for a table to Outback. And so I, I create a little script and would say, great, I love Outback. What do you like to look at while you're killing time? And since so they're like, oh my gosh. It's okay to come in here and kill time. Well, no, really, you only have like eight minutes left before we lock the door and kick you out. But people would relax. And believe it or not, folks do like to look at things while they're killing time. That's why they call it killing time. They're waiting for something. And why not give them something fun to do? So we would rotate every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. A different uh, employee would be responsible for attacking or greeting someone from out back at the door. And the rest of us would do the, the shutdown duties. And really, I wanted the employees to learn how to become better salespeople. 
It was a no-risk situation. You knew that person didn't have time to really make a big decision and spend $300, and there was no obligation for them to purchase any product we were selling. So I used it to help them get comfortable talking to people. And what happened is, they became better at talking to people during the rest of the day. Not just that last 15 minutes, but that was a chance for them to practice their skills, practice talking to someone that was just looking. Because really, everyone that walked in that door is like, I'm just looking. Like, yeah, that is in fact why we have this store, so you can walk around and look at the stuff we're selling so we can help you decide what you want to purchase. Um, but that's even more difficult now because where is everybody looking? As John said, they're looking on their phone. So you never get the chance to make that sale, which is why the communication is so important. But the goal is to always get people talking. If you can get people talking, have a conversation, you can learn a lot about them. And the question we want to answer today, um, and feel free to, to answer if you know, what source should provide you with 90% of your business each year? What, what do you think it is? Yeah, it's people, people you know. Less than 10% of your business generally comes from people you've never met. Someone that just calls your yard sign when they're driving by. Maybe they message you on Facebook. It, it's not a referral of someone you've never met, but someone you've never had any contact with. Um, if Jenny sent you a referral, or Alan sends you a referral, or your friend sends you a referral, you may have never met that person before, but you know Jenny, you know Alan. Um, so it's always from someone that you've met, or that you already know. And I firmly believe, and I don't care whatever technology your app has invented, that relationships are still going to be the foundation of any business, especially in real estate. I might change my opinion 20 years from now. I don't know what the landscape will look like, but right now, in the next five to 10 years, it is about relationships. That's the foundation of the business. They're always going to be the foundation. But what's interesting is there's been a pretty slow progression of change in how we build that relationship. Humans are creatures of habit. We like to do the same thing for a period of time. We want to always have the annual chili cook-off, or we want to always take this client to that golf tournament, or we like to do the same things over and over again. But in the last five years, how we build these relationships has changed dramatically. You've got people building new relationships online, with Facebook, with video, LinkedIn, but they're having to work a lot harder. Because when you build that relationship online first, it still takes a lot of work to have a relationship in real life. Has anyone ever been called, uh, oh, I know, yeah, William's my friend on Twitter. Like, we're, we're friends on Twitter? We're not friends like in the real world? Like, you're only going to message me and tweet me online? Or, oh yeah, Al and I are Facebook friends. Like, that may be where we met, but... That's a clear sign that our relationship hasn't evolved beyond just an That's saying basically we're an acquaintance. I, I met William on, on Twitter. I met Alan on Facebook. But until you build that, that's one way to build the relationship. So you have to have the skills to nurture them through that process so it becomes a stronger relationship. 
And I learned this from Charlie Knuffins, but I think it's true in real estate too, and in a lot of businesses, that once you establish it, it's a lot less expensive to maintain it than it is to go out and build and develop an entirely new relationship. That's one of the first things Alan says, or Julie says, and I say when we're meeting with new agents is, you know, how many people do you know? How, and it's not just here, it's how many people do you know everywhere? How many relationships do you have? And how do you use those relationships? Saying use relationships is not the best way. How do you look at your relationships as a source of potential business? And how they can help you build your business. And another story about Charlie Kanukin, and that most people don't know that Kanukin was actually a person, not some made-up name. He was from um, Wisconsin or Minnesota. And when I started working for him, people would always come in, and since they knew me, they'd say, "Reynolds, hey, we're." We're selling uh, signs for the football field, or you want to buy an ad in this program? And I'd always pass those along to Charlie, and Charlie would just say, no. Oh, God, that's easy. He's in Auburn. I'm going to see this person next week when they come by, like, a $300 North Face jacket. And I'm going to have to tell them, no, we're not buying a $25 ad in their program. That's because Charlie spent 85% of his budget, marketing budget, on his existing customers and clients. On people he already knew. One thing he did that worked really well is he had a, I don't know if you ever had a shoe rewards card. If you bought shoes at Canucans, they'd give you 10% back in a rebate card. And it would expire in six months. Which is typically just shy of when you should be buying new running shoes or a new pair of shoes. Good running shoes, if you're not, don't last longer than six months. So if you bought a $125 pair of Asic Kayano running shoes, you would get how much? Yeah, we'd round up. We'd give you 15. Um, so you'd get a $10 shoe card and a $5 shoe card. We'd have people come in that would save up all their rewards until they bought an entire pair of shoes for free. And it was rare that someone just came in and only bought shoes. What else? What do you think happened when they came in and Reynolds Bickerstaff got a hold of them? I mean, we had a backpack for those shoes and a tent to hide your shoes in. You know, it was an opportunity to sell to help them purchase more things. But I took note of that. I'm like, God, that is so much easier to ask someone that's already had a great experience, give them a reason to come back and have another experience with you. He spent very little money uh, on attracting new customers. They did later on down the road. They've done billboards and they've expanded greatly. But social media has changed that a lot as it's, it's reduced the cost to try and acquire new customers. But if you think about direct mail and some of the traditional strategies, that becomes really expensive. But because Charlie did a great job of taking care of his customers, what do you think his customers did? Yeah, it's what I think. Where, where'd you get those? Canucans, you know, they gave me a reward card. I only paid $55 for these. What you didn't tell them, Jen, is that you spent like $300 on shoes to get that discount. But yeah, we, we took great care of customers, and people want to be taken care of. I don't care what you're buying. People are looking for an experience. So talking about filling up your pipeline, 
Well, how do you do that? What are some ideas and ways you can fill up your pipeline? Well, you can first start with identifying any existing or potential sources of leads or business. You know, who is buying, who's selling, who knows buyers and sellers. You can identify which sources produce the highest quality leads. You know, where are those leads? Who is the person that's going to meet them first or possibly introduce you to them? And you can identify which sources produce the lowest quality leads. There's always a highest quality and a lower or a lower quality lead. And then what sources produce the highest conversion rate? Is it your open house? Is it Facebook Live? Is it referral from your past clients? But what are they buying and selling? When are they buying and selling? You've got to look at that when you're reviewing your business and you're looking for opportunities. Because did anybody watch um, <clears throat> Looney Tunes growing up? Okay. You know, in the cartoon, they'll pinch the hose or they'll tie something around the cannon and they go to fire it and this huge bulb starts coming through and then boom! You don't want that to happen with your business. When just a flood of it comes and is overwhelming that you can't handle it and then you've got nothing else coming down the pipeline. It takes a while to get consistent, but if you want to fill up your pipeline, you need to be looking at the different areas and you know the frequency and the timing. Y'all work with people enough to know some folks take a lot longer to go through this process. Some folks, you know, they want to get through it as quickly as possible. So you have to look at that so you don't clog your pipeline up too much. And then what are some techniques? There are, Julie sent me a list over the weekend, and if y'all have been to her classes, there are lots of other techniques. But even though new relationships may be 10% or less your business, you still gotta focus on, on building new relationships. So how can you forge new relationships? Maybe it's doing something with your past clients, uh, social media, blogging, I should have added podcasting. And I'm amazed how much podcasting is growing now. And it might grow even more now that Georgia's hands-free. Now none of us can watch YouTube videos as we're driving down the road anymore. I know y'all are doing that. Uh, I'm, I'm guilty. Um, city clubs, rotary, chamber. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are all kind of things you can do to be building new relationships. And so you've got to, you've got to look at the methods that you can apply. And this is, I love this quote. I love a lot of things Jim Rohn says. The success is just a study of the obvious. Everyone should take obvious one and obvious two. And it reminded me of uh, when we first started the concert series in Uptown. There weren't that many people going down there. But once the Friday night concert series hit the threshold of around 1,000, some of the merchants started complaining because we were blocking off the street. And customers couldn't get to their stores during the late afternoons, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock, when we were getting set up. But then what do you think was happening at 7 or 8 o'clock at night? They were, stores were closed. And they were 
1,000, 2,000 people standing outside of these storefronts. And we worked really hard with some of these uh, merchants to think about changing their strategy. I mean, how obvious is that? You've got a 1,000. If two buyers were just walking outside of our office, I guarantee the six of you would probably be you know, pushing each other down to get out the door to go grab. Like, you would go after that opportunity. We're bringing 1,000 and 2,000 people downtown, and you're closing your store as everyone's showing up. And what are they doing? They're having a good time. They're killing time. And some of these merchants never evolved to see the opportunity. It was just sitting right outside. Right outside. All you have to do is literally, like, open the, uh, open the door. Let them in. But that's hard because success is sometimes when preparation meets opportunity. And you have to be prepared. Maybe they weren't staffed to handle an influx of an extra 30 people in their store. They could have been worried about a lot of things. But when successful people are asked, how did they arrive here? How did they become successful? Most of them say, the answer is simple. The things I found easy to do, others found easy not to do. Now, and that's what I mean when study the obvious. Some of these things are so easy to do, but they're also really easy not to do. It's really easy not to call three people today and just say, hey, I was thinking about you. I appreciate you working with me last year and just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. That is so easy not to do. Like every, I can think of 10 reasons why I don't have time to do that. They may want to talk to me for 10 minutes. I don't have time for that conversation. They're going to think it's weird that I'm just calling them to just say thank you. And so we talk ourselves out of doing some of these really easy things. I, I'm very guilty of that. It's hard to do. I think, well, maybe I'll just send them a like on Facebook, or I'll just do this, or like their Instagram post. But how hard is it to just call someone? It's been three minutes. Maybe you just even leave them a voicemail. And maybe they're not even expecting to call you back. So as we're getting, and I know it sounds crazy to think about 2019, but we're in September, and the fourth quarter is starting next month. And as you start planning, don't overlook the obvious sources of your business. You know, if you need some help looking at those, you know where to find Julie, Alan, and myself. We'd be happy to help you to look at that. But some of these sources can be really obvious. They could be sitting right out in your own neighborhood, in your own database of folks you've already sold real estate to. So you've got to be thinking about what are you going to do? Because the benefit is incredible. The benefit of filling up your pipeline and having the discipline to keep it full every month is that soon you realize there is an unlimited supply of business out there for you and everybody. If we didn't think there was enough business for everybody, Alan and I wouldn't hire any more agents. Why don't we hire someone if we didn't think they could be successful selling real estate or bring on existing agents? There is plenty of business in this market for everybody that wants to have business. But you've got to just look at what the sources for you are. They're going to be different than the person sitting next to you. And that's what makes real estate great is you can decide on what kind of business you want to own and operate and run. 
and how you can fill that pipeline up. And if you don't have a lot filled up in your pipeline, or you, you don't have a lot of new relationships that you built, then go out and make some and contact them frequently. And here's the most exciting news. There are a lot of people to talk to. All you gotta do is talk to them. And it's so timely what John said is people are not talking to each other anymore. That is becoming a lost art. Communication. Just, you don't even have to have empathy. Just talking to someone, not texting, not messaging. People are, are they don't realize how important that is for them and how important it is for us. And that's at the core of our business, is learning how to communicate with our clients so we can understand how to meet their needs. And the agents that succeed at that, and I'm, it, it, it is unlimited because there are so many other people that are not doing that. Those are the agents that are at other companies where brokers aren't helping them learn how to do that. If you just take the time to learn some of those skills and build those relationships, I promise you, your clients will help you build more new relationships with their friends, families, and their sphere of influence. Uh, they won't think twice about doing that. So stick around for the Lunch and Learn, and look forward to helping you all build and nurture some existing and new relationships. Thank you all. Yes, yes ma'am.